0: Welcome to La Casa Banca Podcast. I'm your host today, B, here with O, after Portugal thrash Switzerland without Ronaldo starting, and Spain get upset, and, you know, I didn't think that was much of an upset. I had Morocco going through in my initial um, thoughts, even in my rankings, I believe I had Morocco at three. So how are we doing today?
1: I don't decent. We're feeling alive. <laughs> um I don't know, it's just it's surreal watching Portugal without Cristiano. I was looking forward to seeing him play, but it didn't happen, but they won convincingly. Yeah, and
0: they did it without Cristiano, which is definitely not something I would have expected, you know um they kept referencing a article or a newspaper posting 70 some percent of portugal fans it was a portuguese article or newspaper obviously they took a poll and 70% of fans wanted ronaldo dropped from the squad and you know this is probably the best portugal has looked in the tournament in my opinion at least um i don't know if they would have looked like that with or without ronaldo i don't really think I don't really think that can be said until we saw, you know, if you look at how they played with Ronaldo, they didn't play well. But then if you look at how they played without Ronaldo, they did play well. I don't think that's the final factor in the fact that Portugal thrashed the Swiss was Ronaldo's the problem.
1: I mean, I don't know, honestly. Just, um, I, I didn't really watch the first half. I only watched the second half because um, I was waiting for Cristiano to get subbed on. Um so I can't really speak on Ramos. Um who scored a hat trick. Um but I I don't know like I said it before if you want to get the best out of Cristiano you have to play him next to a striker. So actually playing Ramos next to uh, Cristiano would be the the best thing for Portugal. And if you look at the games that Portugal played, the last the last three games that they played, they didn't um they didn't have a striker next to Cristiano. Um, they had Joao Felix, who is not a striker. Um. He's a second striker, and he does not... Like, Cristiano needs a, a player like Andre Silva, for example, to play next to him, or Gonzalo Ramos, who could really benefit from having Ronaldo next to him. But, yeah, I mean, I saw that Portugal played really well. Uh, but I do not think it's because Cristiano didn't play, and I think they're going to eventually... They'll they be exposed because, I don't know, I don't think it's because he didn't play it. I don't think it's sustainable, but we'll see against Morocco.
0: Yeah, they play Morocco, and we can go into that game now after talking about the Brazil-Swiss game. um I don't really have any points to say on the Portuguese, uh, or I said Brazil-Swiss, Portuguese-Swiss game. It was just an utter blowout. There's nothing else to even be said on that topic because it was just what I would call a thrashing and you know I'm not going to sit there and take tactical notes and you know the Swiss just were simply outclassed outplayed today Um, Spain Morocco nil nil goes to extra time stays nil nil go to pens and you know I think there's a lot of talking points in this game that you and I both probably want to get off our chest I know we've talked about it slightly and you know I've talked about it to some of my friends in Spain and I, I don't know if they agree with me or not but you know the Spain team Going out in the round of 16, I saw it coming. I doubt a lot of people did just because they lose to Japan. They tie Germany. Yeah, they thrash Costa Rica, but Costa Rica is really not that good. And this team lacks leadership. They lack experience, and they were never going to win. And, you know, if you want to go – Look, we're gonna just bring a young squad, go for it. But then you better drop the likes of Busquets. You better drop the likes of Jordi Alba. You, you know, you, you know, you don't just pick and choose what veterans you want to take, right? You know what I'm saying? If you're gonna take veterans, you take the best veterans, and that's where Spain went wrong here.
1: I mean, I, I expected, um, uh, Spain to get knocked out from the group stages. They made it out. They barely made it out. Um, And um, I thought Morocco played a really good game, which makes Luis Enrique and Busquets' statements after the game incredibly funny because they said that (laughs) they basically mocked the way that Morocco played. They thought they they faced a low block, which prevented Spain from creating chances and scoring, and that Morocco did not take the initiative even once, they basically they're basically calling, you know, basically saying that Morocco played like Cadiz playing La Liga, which for me is ridiculous because I thought Morocco played a really good game and they probably deserved to win that game. Um, in the first ninety minutes, they deserve to get a goal, but they didn't. They had they had the toughest, they had the uh, the best chances um, in the game, and they missed. Um, if there's a if there's an anti football squad between the two is definitely Spain because all they did for 90 minutes, not actually, not for, for 120 minutes, all Spain did was pass the ball around. They didn't create any chances. they I don't really believe they had any real clear-cut chances. Like, I wouldn't even call that Sarabia um, chance that was legit in the last five seconds of the game. I wouldn't really call that a clear-cut chance because he, like, when we talked about it, we said, you know, Sarabia made the most out of the chance, but it was very difficult to score. So, Spain couldn't create any chances, and the fact is, Luis Enrique should be the one to blame, because Luis Enrique did not call up the best players that he could he possibly could. Um, before the World Cup started, I, I heard a lot of, you know, Spain Fans talk about how you know Luis Enrique doesn't pick the best players. He picks the best players for the way that he, that he plays, which is fine. But um, when the way that when your style of play fails, when your plan fails, what bails you out usually is individual quality. And you know you don't, and you're, you're not, you already not you you didn't you already um, missed out on the best players at each position because. You you pick the players that you know better suit your style of play, so you don't have a player like Aspas who can score a goal out of you know a teeny tiny chance. You don't have a player like Sergio Ramos who can, um, you don't have a player like Sergio Ramos who can lead the, the team from the back. You don't have a player like Sergio Ramos who can score a fucking pen because your team yep. can score a single one. Um, so yeah, um, I thought Morocco played a really good game then. It's it's definitely um a great surprise that a team like Morocco would make it this far in the competition. I when I went on this uh podcast before the World Cup, I said the the people should not sleep on Morocco and honestly like they they even surpassed my own expectations. uh, uh I didn't even like in my um in the tournament, in the tournament um, that we uh, that we created, um, I mean, I, dude, I didn't even think that they were going to make it out of the group stage, but they did. And honestly, it's a beautiful. They had a surprise. tough group.
0: They had a tough group. Yeah. Um, Canada yeah. was better than uh, better than they played. Belgium was worse than we expected. Croatia probably right on par, and Morocco outperformed probably what a lot of us expected getting first in the group and you know spain they matched up with spain and i thought they were the better team than spain i even bet on morocco to advance past spain that's why um looking at this game moving on morocco versus portugal that's who's going to play against each other uh do you think ronaldo gets a start or do you think he might be left on the bench for this one after such a great performance
1: yeah, I don't think Chris is gonna start. Um, I think it's gonna be basically the same lineup to play today, but you never know, maybe someone gets in, gets injured. But you know, do you not play to... the
0: same lineup, you know, after a thrashing like that, you kinda have to roll with the guys that just, you know, helped you advance and you know, that's kinda one of my problems with the Spain game, and I don't mean to go back to that, but you know, played a game and a half, Danny Carvajal played a game and a half, but you start Marcus Llerente at right back instead of Danny Carvajal or Aspa It doesn't make a lot of sense to me for Lucho. Um, and then, you know, my thoughts on Morocco, Portugal. I actually think this one's pretty much up for grabs. I think either team could grab it. If Portugal plays like they played today, they're obviously going to go through. That's not even up for debate, but you know, if Morocco can keep it close, which they will, I believe, you know, if they can get them to extra time, uh, Morocco and Spain, they let Spain have a 1.19 XG, but I went and looked at the chances. The highest chance was a Maratha header, which was 29 percent. and we know headers aren't actually 29 percent If it was a you know if it was a cutback or something, it would have been more likely to score. but um, a header from there that's not a given. He was at the corner of the six. That's not a given. And Asensio had another 28% probability or 0.28. Other than that, Morocco had a 0.83. So, you know, it was a close game for both teams. And I think Morocco will have more of the ball, which will allow them to get a little bit more comfortable and probably have more chances than they had today against Spain. Um, I think that game could go either way. Uh, Who do you think goes through between Morocco and Portugal?
1: Um, so, the reason why uh Portugal had a lot of games today, had a lot of goals today, and they managed to play, um, good attacking football is because Switzerland had a ton of spaces in the back, spaces that I don't think Morocco will even allow Portugal to have, like, even 5% of, um, mm. so, it's, like, Spain, um, thrashed uh Costa Rica. Yeah. Um if you look at that game you think oh Spain has an amazing attack and then they they face uh they face Germany, they face Japan and they face Morocco and they score two goals. Yeah, two goals in two games. Um and their attack basically didn't really create that many chances. Um, and then they face Morocco and they struggle. Even to build up a decent attack or create chances. Um, um, so yeah, if so yeah, it's, it's not gonna be the same game. It's the Portugal are not gonna be able to play the same way that they did today. So I don't know. I I, I it's, it's a pretty close. Um, it's pretty close between them, but I'm gonna say that. Portugal are going to advance to the
0: semifinals. Yeah, I think Portugal will probably go through. I think Morocco will give them a good fight, though. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw Morocco in the semifinals facing either France or England. Um, With that being said, we can now move on to yesterday's games, which were Japan, Croatia, and Brazil, South Korea. The same as today, we have a thrashing, and then we have a game go to penalties. And Croatia, there was no doubt, once they got the penalties, I had no doubt that they were going to go through. And Brazil thrashed South Korea four four nothing at halftime. Win four one, probably could have been a lot worse. Could have they could have put on six seven goals, much like Portugal did today. Um, South Korea probably shouldn't have got out of the group that they were in. Um, they were pretty lucky, and to match up with Port- or match up with Brazil right off the rip is just rough because they're the best team in the tournament right now, in my eyes.
1: Um, yeah, the game against Brazil was very difficult for uh, for Korea. Um, I didn't think, um, I didn't think they were gonna they were gonna win, but I didn't think I didn't think that they would have you know they conceded four, four goals in, in 45 minutes, um, which I didn't expect. Like, if 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 you were to tell me that you know Korea lost 4-0 or 4-1, I'd be like, okay, so maybe they scored two goals in the first half and. Two goals in the second half, but not before mm-hmm. in the first half. They collapsed really quickly. Like off the bat, they collapsed. Um like you said, I didn't I don't I think they were they deserve. they even deserved to to, uh, to advance to the next round of, after the group stage, but they did. And yeah. Um it was a pretty it's a it was a very attacking game from Brazil. I was surprised that they only scored go four goals. I That game should have ended like seven one, but it didn't. And but you know, Vinicius Junior scored, and that's for me. That's all I care about. Good, my boy.
0: Yeah, scored and assisted. Yeah, I gave two assists. Two? Yeah, it was two assists. Um. And then in the other game, Croatia Japan, kind of it was kind of a boring, slow game, like back and forth. But you know, Croatia looked really good in the first two games, and ever since they played Belgium and Japan, they really didn't look that comfortable against Japan. And you know, um, in my rank, in my initial rankings, I think I had them like fifth, um, and you know, they'll drop in my rankings for this one. Uh, I, I don't see them competing with this Brazil team. Um, I think Brazil will kind of blow them out of the water. Uh, I believe to win in normal time, last time I checked, Croatia were like plus 750 odds, which is really bad. And, you know, uh, likely another Real Madrid player coming home on that one, which I guess is good because Luka's kind of old. But, you know, I would love to see Luka get through Brazil. I just don't really see it happening. Um, Any thoughts on the Japan-Croatia game?
1: Japan Croatia game. um I, was, I, I don't even remember if I watched that game I, I think I did
0: I think you did cuz we were talking something. during it
1: yeah um, it
0: just it was a kind of a boring game you know there wasn't really a lot going on except yeah, for yeah like, I'm
1: trying to trying to remember something about that game but I can't um yeah just the Japanese players just we were just so um um what's it called um they were inexperienced when taking pens they were very rash and they were very um. yeah uh, i'm just i'm going to go ahead and say it when you're taking a pen just pick a spot and shoot don't don't try to be that's that's not just with the japanese players but in general for players in general if you're trying to take a pen just pick an pick an angle and shoot you don't have to be flashy with it You don't have to move and stop. You don't have to twitch your legs. You don't have to twitch your feet. Just shoot like a normal person. Because all you're doing is giving the goalkeeper time to process where you're going to shoot it. And you don't want to do that. Um, So yeah, just watching the Japanese players take pens was really sad. The Croatian goalkeeper, I thought he was great when dealing with these pens, but Honestly, like as a goalkeeper myself, I could tell where they they were gonna put it, and I you know, like he he sees it, he sees it. he he sees it in their eyes, and yeah, weak pens, just
0: yeah, he and knew something, knew, he knew something, you know, yeah, I mean, the pens weren't he, great, but he knew he had a good idea of where they were gonna go, just like um. Banu did today. Banu had every single guy on lock. And, you know, one of the things, you know, I, I don't want to really go back to the Morocco game, but I'm going to, is just the fact that, you know, the fact that Banu plays in La Liga and he knows these guys personally. And, you know, he probably knows some of their tendencies. Uh, he faced Carlos Soler for how many years before he went to PSG? He faced. Busquets, who he's been playing against for, you know, a couple years now. And not not that he's ever seen them take penalties, but he has seen them in games and shoot before. And, you know, these things do play a part in it, I'm sure. Because I'm sure there wasn't a lot of information on either the Japanese players where they were going to shoot or the Spanish players, because the Spanish players didn't have a single person that takes penalties for them on the team. For their squad, you know.
1: Honestly, I don't know. Um, I don't know if they did the research. I don't know if you know if he knew if he knows where they typically would go. But like I said, like being a goalkeeper, you just look into the player's eyes, and you can just sometimes you can tell where he's gonna go. And especially like t- the way Spanish players took to pens, they were so just. I don't know. Just. It, it seems like they wanted to get out of there. They didn't. They didn't want to take pens. They were so scared, and you could actually feel it—the way they ran, the way they shot the ball, especially mm-hmm. the way Busquets took took that pen. That was so weak. Like their shots were so weak. Like I read that um, Enrique made them um, trade how to take on how to take pens. He, he did it like a, a thousand times, and. I don't like. I would like to believe that that didn't work, dude. I don't even think it's true because if you're taking a thousand pens, dude, you're you're bound to know how what which angle to go to, how to shoot, and how to you know take a decent fucking pen. But they didn't. All their pens were shit. Um, like Carlos Soler's pen was, you know, it was powerful, but. You know knew, knew how to read it um but yeah, just awful awful all around, yeah, and you know, um
0: moving on to um actually, I do have a question garva doyle uh, linked with Real Madrid, your thoughts on his tournament all overall
1: i what dude i honestly didn't didn't pay that that much attention
0: um okay
1: to him or Croatia in general, but if, okay, so there are two, um, there are two clubs that I, I, I really trust when it comes to scouting, uh, young players, our club, Real Madrid and Chelsea, because mm-hmm. Chelsea have so many young talents and they scouted so many young talents. It's actually incredible. Their academy is incredible and their scouts are incredible. And, Chelsea made a bid last summer for him uh for 90 million. Um I didn't I didn't even know who he, who he was um when they made that bid. So if Chelsea are all in for him and if we are all in for him then he must be amazing. And I didn't even, I don't even need to watch him to know that he's amazing. So yeah.
0: I'm a fan of yeah. his i've you know I've watched him a little bit before the World Cup, and I've watched him at this World Cup with an intent eye because I've watched him at Leipzig and I've been a fan, and you know he's someone that has caught my eye even more so at this World Cup and will likely have a lot of bids coming in this summer. Unfortunately, this isn't a summer World Cup or we would see a lot of transfers going on this summer because there's a lot of players that have been performing well at this World Cup that are making names for themselves um and then We have uh, the England-Senegal game. England win 3-0 despite only having a 1.5 XG. And then France beats, who did France even play? Uh, Poland. Poland barely even put up a fight. Poland ends up with a slightly above 1 XG and 0.75 of that coming from a penalty. And Mbappe, just absolutely amazing. Um, Scores two goals, both cracker of goals, you know. I know we don't like Mbappe but man he is such
1: a special talent. I mean if if Poland like Poland um they did they played better than they did um in the group stages like if Poland played the same way they played France if they played Argentina the same way that they played against France they honestly might have beaten Argentina but they bent over for Argentina and that game mm-hmm. so much so that I I didn't even think that um France would struggle so much against them, and they didn't really, but you know Poland did have a couple of chances they just they just looked a lot better, they looked a lot attacking um but then you know France are just too powerful, and Mbappe is such a such a machine um yeah, the two goals that he scored were just unbelievable and yeah, I mean France. I don't even know who can who can stop him, but yeah, good game.
0: Yeah, and then um, France just waxed Poland. Even it was a lot once France. Went up one, nothing. Poland opened up a little bit, and they gave too much space to Mbappe. And you can't give Mbappe too much space. You know, we saw it when he was playing against Real Madrid. We gave him space, but we also made sure we shut down that space, and that's why we were able to hold him to only two goals over two games. And when he wants to play, and when he has acres of space, he's a very hard player to stop. Um, beyond that, in the other game, England outplayed. Senegal and the Senegal team, that was the worst I've seen them look all tournament. I was kind of upset that they looked that bad against England because it should have been a better game because they're a better team than that, even without Sadio Mane. Um, but Bellingham had a great game that day. And, you know, he's someone that we're linked with. He's someone that everyone in the world is linked with. And, you know, he could be a potential Ballon d'Or winner, but Bellingham really has become kind of a meme of the tournament, because everyone's like, oh, Bellingham's getting compared to Musialu, who's having a great tournament, he's getting compared to Pedri's he's having a great tournament, he's getting compared to all these other young midfielders, and Bellingham hasn't really been that great this tournament, but he was very good against Senegal. Yeah, I mean, he's
1: one of the top talents in the world, and, you know, there's, um, there's a reason why we're interested in, in Jude. Um But yeah, I, I I didn't personally watch the uh the England game versus Senegal. I just I, I, I really hate watching England. Um I think they're a shitty national team and I hate the I think they're a fucking shitty nation. I just I I, just, I, I hate any, anything associated uh, with England, but um, I would have hoped for Senegal to win actually because uh, they're an African team and you know they yeah. they've been they played uh, they had a decent tournament. Uh, I mean they could have played a lot better had they had Sadio Mane, but you know for the players that they had and the way that the, they played, I think I think they played really well, mm-hmm. but. But, yeah, I mean, they lost to England, which is fine, but you know, I would have liked for them to you know fight um, to give England some trouble, but it doesn't seem like they did,
0: yeah, and you know they were a team that I liked before the tournament um. Sadio Mane was only supposed to miss one game at that point uh, when I when we did our initial podcast and then I had them going through um, because I thought they were going to beat Ecuador I thought they were going to beat Qatar and I thought they were probably going to tie England and they or was it was the Netherlands sorry I thought they were going to tie the Netherlands and the Netherlands won late against them two goals you know in typical African team fashion just that's kind of just the way the cookie usually crumbles for african teams in the world cup and i know that because of my friends in africa that say oh because i would talk to them like i really like the senegal team and they'd be like no just wait they'll break your heart and, and within the first game i was just so heartbroken after the 2-0 loss um and then in the first day of the round of 16 the netherlands absolutely wipes the United States, but we'll talk about that game next because I got a lot to say about that game. And then Argentina beats Australia 2-1 in a game that Argentina came out firing and then kind of in the second half tailed off where Australia had their chances to potentially, they had one really good chance at the end where they could have tied the game. And then, you know, who knows where that Argentina team would be right now if they would have got that goal at the end.
1: I mean, ugh, like oh, yeah. my problem with the teams that usually that face Argentina is yeah. that they they just they crumble. They're they're afraid. They're scared. The only team that had balls and played you know, the ballsy against Argentina was Saudi Arabia. Poland yeah. were cowards. Um, fucking. Um, Australia were also fucking cowards. That first goal really pissed me off because I I thought, I mean, I thought the goalkeeper should have saved it. Mm-hmm. I thought the defenders should have done better, but they didn't. Australia just all around just played like fucking pussies. And um, the problem is, like the second goal was, I don't know, it was fucking comedic. Um, just. A goalkeeper trying to show off or whatever that mm-hmm. that even doesn't know what what the fuck he's what he's doing if if dude if you're if you're a goalkeeper and you just you don't know how to play with your feet just you know you have so many options you have a you have the wider the absolute widest view of the entire pitch so you can just do whatever but but you know Julian Alvarez he took a chance. And he scored, and you know, yeah. Now Australia are out. They could have, they could have actually done something because I don't, I don't think Argentina are even that good. They just, they just. I mean, so far they've been very, very lucky. I think.
0: Um, well, and Julian Alvarez has really shown his worth this tournament. Um, a guy who went to Man City last January but didn't end up moving until this summer, and they go and grab Holland, and it could have been. Julian Alvarez could have been the starter at that city team without a shadow of a doubt. And then Holland comes in and he's obviously not going to be the starter. He's still playing decent minutes under Pep and he'll learn a lot at under Pep Guardiola. I mean, there's there's a few coaches in the world where you're gonna learn a lot from, even if you don't play, and Pep is one of those. Mourinho is another one, you know, there's only a number. Carlo Ancelotti is another one. Because these guys have so much experience at the top that you're gonna learn so much and Guys want to play for these coaches, and that's kind of why Pep does a good job of pulling in guys that don't always start all the time. Like, you know, Riyad Mahrez doesn't always start, and he's, you know, arguably one of the best right-wingers in the world, and, you know, he's still happy even though he doesn't play every single game. At a lot of clubs, that doesn't really f- go over well, um, but Julian Alvarez has been awesome this tournament and he's playing as a winger because they have Messi playing through the middle and he's played in the left wing he's played on the right wing he's been quite versatile and I've been really impressed it kind of just depends on whether Papu Gomez is the other winger or Angel Di Maria is the other winger because if Angel Di Maria is playing he's going to be on the left and if Papu is playing he's going to be on the right but either way he's been quite versatile he can play as a striker he's playing on both wings you know I'm sure Pep is loving that he could possibly slot him in on those positions
1: I mean, Julian Alvarez. He's he's a player that, and it, and that's something not not many people, including me. I only I only discovered that you know, only recently that he um he had a try out try at La Fabrica when he was young. and He was actually and we were really interested in him, but he couldn't move because he was too young. Um, but yeah, I mean, ten years later, he's. Balling for uh, um, uh, for Argentina. I mean, him being so versatile, I guess, opens up a chance for him and Holland to go coexist, which, you know, which kind of ruins our uh, our plans to eventually get one of them. I guess, um, but but yeah, I mean, he's a really good player, and I mean, yeah. I mean today's game, um, Portugal versus Switzerland, and seeing just how well Portugal did against Switzerland. I mean, it makes me question would Argentina play well without Messi, because they do have the players for it. They have, you know, if if you play Julian Alvarez in his actual natural position, and you know, you, you have Angel de Maria on the right, you know maybe Garnacho in the future on the left. Um, of so Fernandez blah, blah, blah. You know, if you play these young talents, Pablo Debala <laughs> Pablo fucking Debala who's almost... Who hasn't seen any time at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, if you start playing these young players um, who, you know, are... not You know, when you have a player like Messi and you have a player like Cristiano, you play for that player because you know that that, that player can make the most... Uh, can make a difference, but... You know, it may be, but, you know, it comes a time where they're so old that they cannot make the difference that they once used to. Um, And I don't care if Messi is scoring goals. I mean, I'm going to say it again. The two goals that he, I'm not a fucking hater, but the two goals that he scored, the goalkeeper should have done better. Um, There were great goals, but the goalkeeper should have done better. But, yeah, back to my point. um, If... If if Portugal did better without Cristiano, then maybe Argentina can possibly do better without without Messi. Who knows? Yeah, and um, it's something
0: that we'll probably see in the t- future at you know the next tournament because I assume he will retire after this tournament.
1: Yeah, hopefully.
0: And last but not least, the other round of sixteen game, the U.S. versus the Netherlands. I mean, what a masterclass by Louis van Hall. Someone I didn't have the Netherlands that high on my ranking list. I had them ninth, even though. My top eight, one of the teams had to go because I had Morocco at three and Spain at eight. So, you know, they were still favorites against the U.S. And, I mean, he completely outclassed the U.S. team. Um, he had Cody Gakbo and Memphis Depay sit off the center backs. And, you know, Tim Ream's a good ball-playing center back, but Walker Zimmerman wasn't. You know, he should have uh, Bert Halter should have made the switch for Carter. Cameron Vickers early on to get a ball-playing CB in there because— They were just leaving him off and just letting them... Play balls and they just kept making mistakes. Um, Denzel Dumfries, I mean, probably the best player of the round of sixteen. You know, two assists and a goal. I mean, two cutbacks for a goal. Just poor marking, one by Dest, one by either Adams or McKenney I thought it's typically Adams' man, but I thought McKenney was closer, so he's got to pick that up. Um, a lot of people are blaming Tyler Adams, but I he was a little bit further up the field, so you know I can't blame a guy who's further up the field. It's wouldn't you say it's the closest guy's man to mark him? Coming from midfield, if it's um, if you're closest, isn't that what you would say? Would you agree with that?
1: Repeat the question again. What do you mean? What are you talking about?
0: Um, on the first goal, uh, when it was, I forget who scored the first goal. It wasn't Daily Blindy scored the. Um, it was oh Memphis, I think scored the first goal when he was cutting across the top of the box from. He was coming from midfield, and. Weston McKenney was the closest midfielder to him. Do you think the closest midfielder should pick him up or the holding who was a little bit further out?
1: I don't actually watch the goals. So
0: I don't know. Um, okay. I, in my opinion, it should have been McKenney's guy. It's not really that important. But... Um, Louis one Vanho-
1: of the players I've ever seen in my life.
0: Okay. That's... I honestly haven't really... That's an interesting take. I don't necessarily disagree but i don't really know i'll have to keep an eye out for it because it's not really something i've looked for myself um but the u.s got completely outclassed by the netherlands the game should have been a lot closer the u.s played really well for three games you know holding england to a nil nil uh, this english team that just thrashed the senegal team uh you know to get outclassed like that by the netherlands just it it isn't good for U.S. soccer overall, um, and I'm calling it U.S. soccer because if I call it U.S. football, you know, might be referring to um, the American football. But the the U.S. should have played better against the Netherlands.
1: I mean, well, I've I've seen um, I've seen the third goal that the Netherlands scored, and that. Uh, that 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 goal pissed me off because, God, who scored it? I'm trying to
0: remember. This. Dumfries.
1: Yeah. So Dumfries was alone in the box mm-hmm. for a good 10 seconds. Yep. And, I mean, there was no defensive coverage whatsoever. Anthony um, Robinson
0: didn't check his shoulder one time. You're defending in the box, and you didn't check over your shoulder a singular time to make sure that there wasn't an overlap. Are you
1: kidding me? I mean, the thing is, I don't even I don't remember remember exactly who was in the box, but I do remember one player who was marked by two players, and I don't I like if you just you have to check check the back post. You always have to check the back post. If um if you're not checking the back post, then I mean, there's always like a ninety percent chance that someone. Someone is at the back post because, um, because that's that's what most fullbacks um miss. Like we've seen it with mm-hmm. uh, Furlan Mendy, um, who is who always fails to cover um from the back post, and mm-hmm. you know it, it 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 caused us to concede a lot of goals. Um, but I've just I've never really seen it happen for for that long. You know. I mean, Dumfries being at the back post for that long and no one noticing him, like I, I'm, I'm sure uh, Dumfries him, uh, himself was like, I mean, are they gonna are they gonna notice me? Are they gonna notice, me? dude? Am I am I fucking invisible? Because at that at that point, at that point, um, it's like Dumfries had a fucking um invisibility cloak on him because he was he was in the box for way longer than he should without getting noticed. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I thought the U.S. played a good. Yeah, you know, I mean, the last um twenty minutes they played yeah. really well, and they could have actually, dude, I I I thought that they could have actually made it three two, um. But no, they can see it, and they didn't take the chances, which honestly, like, it's something that I would expect because they're such a young um talent talented team that, but you know, they they don't have the experience, but. I mean, I mean, but but I was really impressed. I was really impressed with the way they played. Um, they were, they, it wasn't their best game, but they played. I mean, like I said, the, the last twenty minutes they really impressed me. But you know, you, 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 the Netherlands and you know, fucking uh, Van Gaal, they're, they're, just, they're very experienced in the World Cup. They have a lot of experienced players. So yeah, I mean, that's what. That sometimes that's what wins you games. Just yeah, having a cool, and cool you know
0: the coach beefing with arguably the best player on the team really didn't help Giorena. He was beefing with him all tournament, and that was made clear by not Giorena's father, but a friend of Giorena's father, Claudio Arena. Um, he said that he had to console his dad because he because of the problems between his son and Burhalter. I mean, imagine being a grown man and you're beefing with a 19 year old kid. Um, and Gio Reyna's sub actually probably changed that game and the narrative of that game because the United States were getting completely outplayed. And, you know, that was probably the problem altogether was just the fact that you didn't adjust by pulling out Walker Zimmerman because he's been a shitty passer out of the back all tournament long. You didn't make that adjustment. You didn't pull him ever, um, for Carmen, Carmen Carter Vickers or Carter, Carmen Vickers, whatever the hell his name is, um. Yeah, it was just a mistake after mistake and just bad coaching. Anthony Robinson is a problem. He's the reason who let Dumb Fries, uh, you know, The two assists came from his side and the goal came from his side. And his mark, three goals off his mark, and his touch is really bad. He just wasn't a good player all-tournament. The U.S. need to address the left-back situation and the striker situation. Um, he left off Pifak, who is the leading scorer for Union Berlin over the past three years um competing with Lewandowski for the golden boot last year. Uh and he got left at home. Ricardo Pepe it has been killing it in the era divisi this year. He got left at home. You start a striker, you know, Josh Sargent gets hurt who's playing in the championship in England. Like are we really is our starting striker is the best striker we can really find in the championship in England? I hope not. And then he gets hurt and so your backup striker is an MLS striker. That's a problem. You can't. You know, it's it's the same thing that we complain about with Luis Enrique and his selections. You have to get your selections right. If you get your selections wrong, and one person goes down, you're going to be knocked out of the tournament. And that's what happened today with Spain. And that's what happened on Saturday with the U.S. In um, the U.S., played a hell of a tournament, but you know, three good games and one bad game guess what? You could play two bad games in the group, get out, and as long as you play well in the round of 16, round of 8, semifinals, and final, you can win the tournament. right? You don't have to play. Those first three games don't matter as much as you just have to do what you got to do to get out of the tournament or get out of the group. Um, the Netherlands play Argentina. Um, who do you think's going to win? What are your thoughts for that game? I
1: mean, um, look, the only way that you can beat Argentina is to not... I mean, no, actually, the only way to to, to beat a, any team in the world is to not be a pussy. And what I would suggest that uh, the Netherlands do is to go back and watch Argentina's game against Saudi Arabia and see and watch how... Saudi players act, had actual balls to attack, and mm-hmm. they weren't afraid. And to just to not be intimidated. I mean, I'll say it again. Um, Saudi's coach, his halftime talk, he, he told the players to just, you know, if they want to take pictures with Messi, with Messi they, they, can, they can just um, pull out their phones and take a picture with him. If, if if all they're going to do is just stand around watching him, you know, ram through their defense. And that's, that's what, that's really it. That's really it. Like players are just, defenders are just afraid of tackling Messi. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. And, and Saudi players in the second half, they weren't afraid of um, tackling Messi. They weren't afraid of, you know, defending against Messi. And, and guess what? Messi disappeared. For the entire half, he was not existing. Um, so that's what you have to do. You just have to play with balls.
0: Yeah. Do I think that the,
1: uh, that they're gonna that Holland they're gonna win? I think they're gonna win, but like I said, you just have to grow some balls. And and to be honest, like if there's one coach coach that you know, I would assume that he would have that same talk with his players about you know. Not being pussy, it's Luis Van Gaal because he's a very honest coach. So yeah, I think I think they're gonna win. But
0: yeah, yeah I think um, I think the Netherlands match up against Argentina quite well as long as they can get goals. Their biggest question all tournament has been goals. Memphis Depay's back; he scored, and Cody Gakpo's been on fire, scoring in all three group stage games. He didn't score against the U.S., but he did still play well. Um, yeah, I think the Netherlands can go through. Um, I think they will go through, even though Argentina are the favorites. I think the Netherlands have played slightly better than Argentina at this point. Um, and then France play England. Uh, you know, we don't really need to talk about what's going to happen in this game. Uh, it's quite clear. It's going to depend on Kylian Mbappe versus the rest of England. Who's going to step up for England? Because we know Kylian Mbappe is going to step up for France.
1: I don't
0: know. Harry Kane?
1: Um, He's going to have to. I don't... Oh, honestly, if... God, that's such a difficult match to predict. Um, because... Because I don't think Francis' midfield is that good. Um, I mean... Chouameni and Rabiot have been playing really good. Playing really well, well, but yeah. Um but yeah, who else? I mean they in the midfield they just have Chouameni and Rabiot. Um they don't they don't even count um Kamavinga. Not, not <laughs> at least not in the midfield. Um but Griezmann's been awesome too. Yeah, I think yeah, I think Griezmann um has been playing really well as well, but I don't know. It's just it's a really difficult game to predict. I mean, if you have Kylian Mbappe on your team, automatically your favorite, in my opinion, um, mm-hmm. because he's bound to score. He's bound to be dangerous, and you know, if and if you have um, Harry Maguire as a center back, then you're bound to concede. Um, he's actually been pretty good this tournament, though overall. Yeah, but I mean, England. He hasn't really nice had much. Eat.
0: Been yeah, he hasn't really been tested. A real test is going to be Kylian Mbappe. Um, I think you have to start Kyle Walker if you're England because he's probably the only person on that team that can actually keep up with Kylian's pace. Just like he can keep up with Vinicius's pace. You know, we see when we see Vinicius struggle, it was against you know it, the the times he struggled against Man City was when Kyle Walker was on the pitch because Vinny relies a lot on his speed. So yeah, and then I then Kyle Walker got injured. <laughs> yep, and guess what? Vinny started cooking. Um and it's not to say that Kyle Walker was the reason that Vinny wasn't cooking or like he was a direct reason, but he definitely helped in the fact that Vinicius wasn't at his best because he was struggling to get past Kyle Walker because Kyle Walker has the quick acceleration and pace to keep up with Vinicius. Um who do you think goes through? France. France mm. me too. Um, so it looks like we've said the same on all three Netherlands versus France and then we have Portugal and then the other game we have Brazil and Croatia if Croatia plays like they have been playing Brazil is gonna wax the floor with them
1: I mean so thing is Croatia have the superior midfield yeah by and far I think I think winning games like, Having a good attack is important, but having mm-hmm. a good midfield, it's very, very important. It's like eighty percent, because most battles in a football game happen in the midfield. Um, I mean, Brazil have a really good defense, and
0: mm-hmm. I wouldn't
1: say that Croatia have uh, a very good attack. They have a good attack, but they don't. You know, it's not as good as Brazil's. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it's it's a really tough game to pre- predict, but um, my money is going on Brazil. Okay.
0: Alright, that's what I think too. Um, so we have all four teams going through uh, the same. Um, do you want to... I've been doing power rankings just in my head just to see, and this has nothing to do with about who they're playing with, just how they've been playing. Um, so my power rankings go... Right now I have Croatian 8. I, I just... The last 8 teams that are left. Um, I have the Netherlands in seven. Uh, England in sixth. No, England in fifth. Sorry, I have Morocco in sixth. And it has nothing to do with. I would like to have Morocco higher, but Brazil thrashed their opponent. France thrashed their opponent. England thrashed their opponent. Netherlands slash their thrash their opponent. So I have Croatia in eight, Argentina in seven, Morocco at six. England at five, I had the Netherlands at four, Portugal at three, France at two, and Brazil at one.
1: I mean, I think that's pretty fair.
0: Did you make any changes? Or no?
1: Not really. I think okay. Well,
0: that, that makes it easy then. Um,
1: no, no. Dude, actually, I would put um, I would put the ne- ne- Netherlands at, at, at last. Uh, I would switch Croatia and the Netherlands around. Okay, so you'd have
0: uh, Croatia at five and the Netherlands at eight. Which? I have no. Croatia at eight, Argentina at seven, Morocco at six, mm-hmm. Netherlands at five. Oh, know. Oh, I have Netherlands at four, England at five, sorry. Portugal at three, France at yes, two, Yes, yeah,
1: I would switch Croatia and the Netherlands around.
0: Okay, yeah. so you'd have Netherlands, Argentina, Morocco, England, Croatia, Portugal, France, Brazil.
1: Yeah, I would because I okay. think they, they played like ass.
0: Yeah, I think Croatia played like ass the past two games, which is why I haven't really been a fan of them to this point right now. Um, do you want to do a team of the round of 16 or just talk about who you think was the best forward, best midfielder, best defender, and best keeper?
1: Um, I think go team. Okay.
0: Um, So I have Livikovicic at keeper. Would you okay. do someone else or no? Just curious. You could throw Bonu in there. Obviously, awesome today. I think. Yeah, you could I would throw put Bonu in Bonu there. You. Okay. Um, I believe a Kovačić. Um, at right back, I have Dumfries because he was awesome against the U.S. I would put Hakimi. Um, Hakimi. I. Had, he was on my. He was on my list, and I was like, oh crap, I forgot about Dumfries. Got to put him on. Um, I have Pepe at center back. He was scored a goal today he was good at the back I can't I have no complaints about him he's really there because he scored a goal honestly and they thrashed
1: I mean my center back pairings are gonna be Pepe and that Croatian dude <laughs> Garva Doyle
0: yeah that's who I have I have Pepe and Garva Doyle Garva Doyle was awesome against he's been awesome all tournament but in the round of 16 he was really good kept he's a really good ball progressor um then I had Rafael Guerrero at left back he was really good today and that's what you know, I was going probably to my for as well. Probably my recency bias, but um, that's who I had at left back today. Um, I'm going with a 4-4-2. I have Chua and Bellingham in midfield.
1: Um, I would go Chua and I would go Luka Modric.
0: Okay. And then my two wingers, I have Vinicius and Zayic, just because Zayic was really good today. And Vinny was really good against who did the, South Korea. Should have won man of the match if he didn't, in my opinion.
1: Um, I would go. Let me think. I would go Venusius, obviously. And who do I play? I'm on the right, I don't even remember. Uh, that's his name. Um, fuck, I, dude. I, actually, I mean, I would go. For, I would go Rafinha. Okay. Crazy choice, but I go with Rafinha.
0: Vinny and Rafinha. And then at Strikers, I have Gonzalo Ramos, hat-trick hero, plus one assist, and Kylian Mbappe carrying France on his back.
1: I mean, yeah. No questions about it. Same here.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we essentially have the same team, except I have Bellingham and Dumfries and Zayic, and you have um, Modric and Hakimi and Rafinha. And you have yeah. Bono and that. Okay, yes. I mean that's that's pretty. I mean, I think that's pretty spot on. It, at least we know we're watching the same games, um, and seeing things similarly. Any other talking points you want to talk about? Um,
1: again, hope Argentina loses.
0: Yeah, that's about um, it.
1: That's it. That's it for me. I,
0: I I was talking to a friend and I said the teams I don't want to win: Argentina, France, um. The Netherlands, just because I like Germany and, you know, they're beef with Germany. And um, the other one was, God, England. And they're all on the same side of the bracket. And the four teams I don't mind winning Brazil, Croatia, Morocco, and Portugal, all on the same side of the bracket. So, really unfortunate that it's worked out that way, but that's just the way the cookies crumbled. So, there's going to be a team I don't want to see in the final. And honestly, I'd probably hope that it's the Netherlands or, you know, what does Mbappe getting a second World Cup do for me? Nothing. It doesn't change anything in my mind about him. For me, in my rankings.
1: Yeah, I just hope we don't get any. Uh, Messi is the greatest of all time, or we don't get any. Um, it's coming home chance because that's gonna just fuck up. I like. Yeah,
0: we need the Netherlands and France to do their jobs this this upcoming this weekend. Um, anything else? nope alright well thank you all for listening to the Casablanca pod uh, like like, subscribe and share with anyone you know that might find this interesting and thank you all for listening have a good day and jala madrid